upon a time. Once 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 upon a time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dad's Read Princess Stories. The podcast where dads from around the world read stories about princesses from around the world. I'm your host, RPJ, and this second season of the podcast is all about Cinderella. During this season, you will hear dads from all backgrounds reading various versions of the Cinderella tale. Each dad reads in their own voice. Sometimes they might be very serious. Sometimes they'll do a different voice from another place. Maybe they sound like this, you know. Or maybe they've got a silly, crazy, cartoony accent. Maybe the villain has got a deep, gruff voice and might be just a little scary. Or the prince might be a little buffoonish. Ha ha! Always talking about himself. Maybe they even do sound effects. Or maybe the dad reads in a very quiet voice, like it's late at night. And even though some of these stories can be very scary at times, is there to tuck you in and let you know that everything's going to be all right. Some might stop to do little asides, commenting on what's being read in the story. Hmm... I know that the prince did want her to try on a slipper, therefore knowing that that was the person he met, but couldn't he just look at her face? I'm just saying. And at the end of each tale, they will give you what they think is the moral of the story. This is something that each dad comes up with on their own. Again, this might be funny, a joke, a silly antidote, or it's a serious examination of the story. It changes with every dad and every tale. This week's episode is Cinderella from the book Power to the Princess, written by Vita Murrow. Vita Murrow is a writer, artist, and mother. Born in central India and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Vita is a transracial adoptee, and her family constellation nurtured in her an awareness and the necessity for inclusive media for kids. Her background as an educator cemented in her the notion that all children have the right to see their lives mirrored and to feel connected to the media they enjoy. This belief has fueled her career as a champion of children, children's literature, and as a storyteller in a variety of mediums. Vita's recent intersectional feminist fairy tale retellings, High Five to Hero and The Power to the Princess, were celebrated as brilliant by Kirkus Reviews, and received multiple starred reviews with co-editions in German, Korean, Portuguese, Spanish, and in English, with more to come. We would like to thank Vita and Quarter Nose for permission to read this Cinderella tale from the book Power to the Princess, which you can buy by clicking the link in the bio. You can follow Quarter Nose on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram. We will leave those links in the bio as well. You can also follow Vita Murrow on Twitter and on Instagram via the links in the bio. Find out more about Vita Murrow on the next bonus episode, 
where I sit down and chat with her about what it's like to write a book or fairy tales in this day and age, her writing process, and the other books she has written, and what you can look forward to in the future. Reading the Cinderella tale from Power to the Princess is Charles Ross. Charles Ross is an actor, writer, and producer. He can recite the entire communication song from Close Encounters of the Third Kind entirely from memory, and can make it sound like the Urukai are marching on Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings with just his mouth. Charles is a husband and father of two, living in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. When not at home, he tours the world, performing his hit shows, One Man Stranger Things, One Man Batman, a Batman parody, One Man Avengers, a parody, One Man Pride and Prejudice, and One Man Lord of the Rings. Charles Ross is most known, though, for his show, One Man Star Wars Trilogy. Officially endorsed by Lucasfilm, One Man Star Wars Trilogy has been performed for over a million Star Wars fans from London's West End, Off-Broadway, Dubai, and Sydney Opera House. You can follow Charles Ross on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll leave the links in the bio. Or find more out at www.charlesstuartross.com. There was once a kingdom in which lived all manner of people. Royalty, merchants, artisans, performers, chefs, teachers, doctors, scientists, and many fine people who hadn't quite figured out what they were yet. One of whom was Ella. Ella's parents had recently passed away after long illnesses. They'd lived noble lives and so were buried under a steadfast hazel tree. Ella was sad to say goodbye to her parents, but she took a small hazel tree seedling and set off. It was time for her to find purpose in a new place. Upon arriving in the city centre, Ella planted her hazel tree, then sought work. At home, she'd been excellent at organising and kept everything tidy and clean for her folks in their last days. So when she noticed an advertisement, in the town square for a house cleaner. She donned her overalls and off she went to the address listed in the ad. The family, a woman and her two daughters, hired her on the spot. Each day, Ella cleaned floors, dusted surfaces, wiped glass and tidied steps. The woman and her daughters were terribly demanding. They were always coming up with extra jobs from fixing squeaky doors to assembling furniture, organizing closets, to gluing together broken dishes which Ella was sure they broke on purpose. It would have been bearable if they paid her a living wage. But when they remembered to pay her, which wasn't often, it was just pennies. On top of that, they bullied Ella with cruel names and nasty pranks, writing mean messages on the mirrors. Enough is enough, shouted Ella, after one such instance, and with that, she handed in her notice. Ella didn't want to have another bad employer, so she decided to go into business for herself. She was careful to only take on clients who paid fairly and offered respectful working conditions. Her hard work paid off, and soon her small business of one grew to include a few employees. 
Ella discovered that people who are treated better work better. And soon, she and her team found themselves in high demand. They cleaned up after chimney sweeps a lot. So they decided to offer the service themselves. The scheme worked so well that soon the company became known as Cinder Ella's. Through her classes and her colleagues, Ella met many wonderful people that worked in homes, gardens, and castles, helping the kingdom to run smoothly. Her new friends worked in back kitchens and cellars, plotted up steep stairs, hung from tower windows, and toiled in hot gardens. They shared their experiences with Ella, the hardships and the rewards. But Ella noticed that she and her friends, despite their hard work, were not making enough to grow their businesses or have homes for their own. So, Ella began organizing her friends to attend local meetings and share their stories. She created a small business association and wrote letters to the leaders of the land, like senators, offering a glimpse into the life of those in service and suggestions for ways to make the kingdom a more just and equal place to live. One day, she even wrote to the king. The king had no idea of the plight of those who toiled in the kingdom and was surprised and shaken by Ella's cause. He announced he would hold a benefit ball to support efforts to make their lives better. Ella was thrilled. She hadn't even expected a reply, and now the king was going to be an advocate? And she was excited to attend the royal ball. There was just one hitch. Ella's wardrobe consisted of only work clothes, tattered overalls, grimy shirts, work boots. These weren't really ball options. All the money Ella made at work went into the business, so she had nothing extra to spend on party attire or hiring a carriage. She was in a real pickle. And when Ella found herself in a pickle, she often found her way to the small hazel tree she had brought with her. Sitting beneath it, she wondered aloud, how am I ever going to get to this pall? I have nothing to wear, no carriage to take me. As if in answer to her query, a brisk breeze swept through the gardens and blew the leaves around, setting a magical moment in motion. For as the leaves settled, a most unusual lady was revealed. She had a wild head of hair, several pairs of spectacles, and a glittering wand in her hand. Do I know you? asked Ella, amazed. Oh, I'm your fairy godmother, of course, said the mystery guest. Does that ring a bell? I've been watching you for a while now, dear Ella. You've been doing so incredibly well for yourself. I was beginning to wonder if you'd ever need me. There's really nothing you can't do, my dear, she continued, except perhaps fix your closet crisis. Would you like my help? A real fairy godmother, eh? Ella said, collecting herself. I'm stunned, but if your offer really stands, then yes, I would love your help with something to wear to the ball. I mean, this could be a big night for me, and I want to feel great. You know what I mean? I think I do, said the fairy godmother with a twinkle in her eye. First, a carriage. And with a wave of her wand, an antique coach rolled gently before them. 
Oh, my, gasped Ella. And for you to wear, my dear. Her fairy godmother put her arm around Ella. I've something special in store. As Ella's fairy godmother withdrew her arm from her shoulder, lovely leaves and aromatic hazelnuts whirled around them both and came to a stop in the shape of a green crown that landed gently on Ella's head. Meanwhile, a spring green dress of Ella's dream length and cut draped her in the softest and lightest of fit. Oh, this is amazing, Ella cried, and I know just what to pair it with. You mean you don't want any fancy shoes, invited her fairy godmother. Oh no, I've got just the thing, Ella called back as she darted towards her house. Ella raced to her closet and topped the whole look off with her favorite emerald green shoes. They were perfect for all occasions, plus she had never seen anyone else in them, ever. Now zip along, you've got a ball to enjoy, said her fairy godmother, hurrying her into the carriage. And please return everything you borrowed back here to the hazel tree at the end of the night. The tree will be missing its leaves. Ella arrived at the ball looking and feeling brilliant. The music was amazing. Everything smelled delicious and there was dancing. While her friends set off to mingle, Ella sought out the king to discuss her cause. There turned out to be quite a line and as Ella waited, she felt a tap on her shoulder. Amazing shoes, princess, said an unfamiliar voice. Ella spun around to come face to face with someone new, a prince in fact, but Ella didn't notice. She was too distracted by the fact that he was wearing her exact same one-of-a-kind, or so she thought, shoes, but his were blue. Amazing shoes yourself, Ella finally stammered. I'm friends, said the prince. Uh, I see we have similar tastes. How would you like to try on my blue versions? Prenz slipped out of one of his shoes and handed it to Ella. Are you serious? Absolutely. Ella slipped out of one of her green shoes, reached for Prenz's blue version, which looked simply super. Prenz and Ella chatted the night away. While they waited in line for the king, they sang along to the popular songs of the day, shared their interests, and even spoke about matters bigger than themselves which touched the whole kingdom. I'm visiting from a small, far-off land, and I'm very interested in your kingdom's commitment to care for its workers, Prince explained. I heard all about it with a letter from a local. Can you believe it? I'd love to pick that person's brain. Oh, well, I can tell you some neat facts about that if you like, Ella said excitedly. But at just that moment, her name was called for her audience with the king and was pulled from the line in haste. We'll catch up after, she called to her new friend as she raced off. Wait, I, I didn't get your name, Prenz called after her. A and I have your shoe, but Ella was long gone into the depths of the castle. After a successful conversation with the king, she just left his chamber when she heard the clock strike midnight. Oh no, she thought to herself, the hazel tree will be missing its leaves. With a last look for her shoe's doppelganger, she left the ball. What a shame, she lamented, once she was safely in the carriage. It's so rare I meet someone with whom I'm so in sync. 
The days passed, and time marched on. The success of the king's benefit ball was felt throughout the kingdom. New laws were introduced that led small businesses to flourish. Working conditions improved, and new houses were built. However, Ella felt lonely and longed for someone to celebrate those great milestones with. She wished she knew how to reach Prenz, her new friend and soulmate. Meanwhile, Prenz, in his kingdom, was feeling the same. He was on the cusp of making positive change in his small corner of the world, yet was missing a partner he could learn from and share his success with. He thought he might have had a glimpse of such a person when he met his amazing shoe twin at the benefit ball, but sadly, he didn't know her name nor where to find her. Rather than sit around and pout, Prenz saddled up his horse and started to ask around. The good news was he still had Ella's unique green shoe to help guide the way. And guide the way it did. For everywhere Prenz visited, he was told, No one here has a shoe quite like that, but I've heard a great woman doing work you speak of in a kingdom not far from here. Slowly but surely, Prenz made his way to the great kingdom where Ella was busy leading the Business Affairs Council, unifying workers and seeking fairness wherever she saw that things were unjust. And of course, wearing amazing mismatched shoes. One day, after a particularly prickly town meeting, things don't always go smoothly, even in fairy tale kingdoms, Ella walked home exhausted. As she turned in her gate, Something under the hazel tree caught her eye. It was her green shoe. Prince, is that you? Ella called out. It is indeed, he said, as he rose from behind the tree. Our shoes are finally reunited. Is that why you came to find me? asked Ella. Well, it's not the only reason, Prince said. I think we have much more to talk about, more songs to sing along to, and more parties to enjoy. I had to find you. I'm so glad you did, Ella cheered. It would have been a lot easier if I'd known your name, Prenz laughed. It's Ella, she said. My friends call me Cinderella. There's a story. Prenz and Ella spent every day together after that, working together, getting to know one another's friends and kingdoms, sitting under the hazel tree together, and of course sharing shoes. When Prenz and Ella eventually married, they moved to a new kingdom where a leader such as Ella was so needed. There, she became prime minister and worked tirelessly to raise the minimum wage so that all members of the kingdom could prosper. Her constituents, too, called her Cinderella to honor her first business. It was the start of a life in leadership service, and seeking justice for all. The moral of the story is, buy unisex shoes because they will lead you to your soulmate. Good night, my little one. Go to sleep. That was Charles Ross reading Cinderella from Power to the Princess, written by Vita Murrow. We would like to again thank Vita and Quartonose for allowing us to read. Click the link in the bio to get yourself a hard copy 
of this wonderful book. Don't forget to also follow Dads Read Princess Stories on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Dads Read Princess Stories. And be sure to like and subscribe to the show if you have not already. Because not only do we have more dads reading different versions of the Cinderella tale, but interviews with some of the authors that wrote them. Just like Vita Murrow, who wrote Power to the Princess. This Friday, you can listen to our bonus episode where we chat about fairy tales. And until then, I'm RPJ. Stay safe. <laughs>